you have questions? Do you need answers? The Pastor Study will help you find those answers through God's Word. Our teacher today is Pastor Tom Brock. The Pastor Study is sponsored by pastorstudy.org. So grab your Bible and join us for The Pastor Study. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. There's a story of a very wealthy farmer who had an only son. The only son was born deaf, couldn't speak. He, the son could see but could not speak, could not hear. He went away to an institution for four years. And when the little boy came home, he stretched out his arms to his father and said very clearly, My father. And the farmer said, if I live to be a hundred, I'll never forget the day my son said, my father. I think when we wake up in the morning, God the Father is just waiting to hear us say, my father. Do you spend time praying to God in the morning? We are in a series right now on the Lord's Prayer. Last time, if you missed it, we did Our Father Who Art in Heaven. Let me quickly catch you up. Our means every Christian is to be part of the church. Think of all the plurals on the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, give us our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Lead us. Every Christian is to be part of a church. And if you say you're a Christian, but you don't go to church, well... The Bible says, Hebrews 10.25, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together in church. So our means, if you're not in church every Sunday, find a good church, start going every Sunday, because if you can't give God one hour a week, something's wrong. Next word, Father. That means God wants a close, personal, intimate relationship. When you pray, you don't pray to our, the Wizard of Oz and use huge words. You just pray to our Father who art in heaven. That means God is transcendent. He's separate from his creation. He's not the trees and the rocks. Christians are not New Age pantheists like Oprah. Christians believe God is not the rocks, the trees, and we're not God. He art in heaven, and we ain't him. Our Father who art in heaven. On this program, we're just going to now cover the words, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Let's explain what those words mean. Let's pray first. Father, as we go through now the most famous prayer ever prayed, it's the prayer that people know more than any other prayer on the planet, we would pray, Lord, that you would just speak to us, open our ears. If there is someone watching this show that rarely or never goes to church, that you would just prompt them to be part of a church where they pray, Our Father who art in heaven together. Teach us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Our Father who art in heaven, first word for today, hallowed be thy name. I think a lot of people don't know what the word hallowed means. There was a little girl who used to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, Hollywood be thy name. <laughs> well, what does the word, I think, you know, when's the last time you used the word hallowed in conversation? Just so we got to define what the word hallowed means. The word hallowed means holy, set apart from. I mean, I can remember years ago, 
I was with the college group. We were looking over Omaha Beach in Normandy, France, and the professor of history explained what happened on June 6th in 1944, was it? D-Day. I mean, he, he, all the people that were slaughtered, the Americans uh, trying to free Europe, and oh my. And by the end of that lecture, you knew you were on Hollywood ground. When you say, Our Father who art in heaven, Hollywood be thy name, it, it means holy be your name. Separate from other names be your name. Different from other names be your name. And, you know, when, when you pray, Hollywood be thy name, you're, you're not saying, God, make your name holy. It already is. The name of God is holy. But you're saying, Lord, may people treat your name as holy. Don't you get tired of turning on TV and hearing people say, Oh, my God. I was raised never to say that. I mean, when, when I was in grade school and my buddies were singing, Oh, Grandma's in the cellar, Lordy, Lordy, can't you smell her? Remember that also? I knew, you don't use the word Lord and Lordy flippantly. The second the commandment is, second commandment, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. When I was a little boy, they didn't say, oh my God, on TV. I can tell you when it started. It started about the year 1970 with the Mary Tyler Moore Show, and she started saying, oh my God, and now it's everywhere. When you pray, and, and you know what other bug, bugs me? I saw a TV preacher, Christian preacher, in the middle of a sermon, he stops and says, oh my God. I'm thinking, you don't do that. So uh, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name, you're saying, Lord, may people treat your name like it is, as holy. And I will tell you this. I think the reason this is the first request in the Lord's Prayer, may your name be treated holy, is because it's the most important one. If you get this one right, if you hallow God's name in your life personally, everything else falls into place. I've done one murder funeral in my ministry. Uh, here was a 13-year-old girl that started coming to my church. Uh, she attended church on Sunday morning. She went through confirmation. She came forward for confirmation. She was confirmed. After she got confirmed, she did what sadly a lot of people do. She vanished. Didn't hear from her again until, I don't know, Seven years later, she had had a, a boyfriend with whom she had a baby out of wedlock. The baby died. Pastor Brock, would you please do the baby's funeral? So I did, but I said to her, now, dear, we want you coming back to church, walking with the Lord again. Well, she had two or three more boyfriends uh, that she lived with. Finally, I got a call from the mortician. She'd been murdered because her newest live-in boyfriend and her were drinking all night, and he killed her in the morning. And I watched the news that night, and they talked about this girl, this young woman, and they interviewed the neighbors, and they said, yeah, they had these kids in the house. That didn't stop them. They were getting drunk and partying all the time. And one of the neighbors said, you know the one thing I noticed about her? She never smiled. And here's my point. When you don't treat God's name as holy, you have sex outside of marriage, you get drunk, you do all this stuff, you're going to die early. But if you hollow God's name, everything else falls into place. I want to do one more thing before we leave the words, Hollywood or holy be your name. In the Old Testament, there are four key passages that explain how we hollow God's name. Let me read each one and see if you can spot it. Here we go. From Numbers chapter 20, verse 11. 
Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock twice with his staff, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy, hallowed, in the eyes of the people, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the promised land. Did you catch that? The first way you hollow God's name is believe in me. Believe God's word. When you are reading God's word and you're believing it, you're hollowing his name. But if you never read his word or rarely read it, or you read it and you don't believe it, you're dishonoring his name. I mean, I'll tell you, I, um, my dad was a Roman Catholic who went to church every Sunday. He didn't own a Bible. Never saw my dad read the Bible. My mom was a Lutheran. She took all of us kids to Lutheran church every Sunday. My mom owned a Bible. Never saw her read it once. But my older sister, Ruthann, when I was a little boy, I'd walk into her bedroom, and every night she would have her white confirmation Bible on her lap in bed, reading her Bible every night. And when I got my Bible when I was 12, I don't remember anybody telling me to read it, but because Ruthann read the Bible every night, I started reading the Bible every night. I still do. Every day I spend time in the Word. Because the first way you hollow God's name is by reading His Word and believing His Word. Do you read your Bible? Start. <laughs> Second way we hollow God's name, and this comes from Isaiah 8. Do not call conspiracy all this people calls conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts... Him shall you honor as holy, hallowed. Let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. Did you catch that? The second, first way is by believing his word. Second way to hallow God's name in your life is you fear God. Now, some people think, oh, Christians, we don't fear God. Yes, we do. Proverbs says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You're smart to fear God. So we hallow his name by fearing him, by... I mean, I'm thinking of, in England, a couple hundred years ago, lived a man by the name of Lord Lawrence. On his tombstone in England are these words, Lord Lawrence, he feared men so little because he feared God so much. You know, we're not supposed to care too much what people think of us. We're to fear the Lord. His opinion means everything. You hollow God's name by fearing him, you hollow God's name by believing his word. See if you can catch the next one. This comes from Leviticus 22. And you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. And you shall not profane my holy name that I may be sanctified among the people of Israel. Did you catch that? The way you, the way you honor and glorify God's name is by obedience by keeping my commandments. When you as a Christian disobey God, you're dishonoring his name. I mean, if you're a Christian and you're saying, oh my God, all the time, yeah. you're dishonoring his name. If you say you're, I mean, I can remember a young woman who was a Christian gal came to my Bible studies, but I remember going to a party one night and there she was with a cross around her neck, drunk as she could be, falling all over the different men, thinking, ooh. I mean, people knew she was a Christian. She said she was a Christian. And any time we sin publicly or privately, we're dishonoring his name. So the way we honor God's name, you read and believe his word, you fear him, you obey him. And then the last one on how to honor God's name, this comes from Leviticus 10. 
Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord has said. Among those who are near me, I will be sanctified, hallowed. And before all the people, I will be glorified. Did you catch that one? The way you hallow God is by glorifying him. Johann Sebastian Bach, perhaps the greatest composer in world history, used to sign his cantatas or his, uh, his uh, symphonies in Latin, solo gloria dei, meaning all the glory to God. In other words, don't praise me for this symphony. Praise God who gave me the ability to do it. When you publicly give God honor and glory, you are hollowing his name. Uh, I will tell you that uh, back in World War II in England, a pastor walks into his church building, and here's a little boy on his knees. And the pastor came up and said, little boy, uh, do, you do, do you come here to pray much? I, he said, mister, I've been here four times in the last five days. And, uh, well, why? Do you have a loved one in the war? Yes, my daddy, but he came home safe. And the pastor said, well, that's great, little boy, but why are you still coming to church? Well, to thank him. <laughs> See, when you honor God by glorifying him, praising him, you're hollowing his name. I will tell you one thing I do. It's, it's the best habit I've ever developed. Every night before I go to bed, I think back through the day, and I thank God for five things he has done for me. Would you do that before you go to bed tonight? Just think back. God, thank you that this happened today. Thank you for doing this, 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 this. Because when we, again, the way we hollow God's name is when we obey him, when we fear him, when we glorify him and give him praise. And what was the first one? <laughs> when we believe his word. So read his word. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What I want to ask you to do then, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, maybe just stop and when you say the words, hallowed be thy name, say that. God, today may I believe your word and read it. May I fear your name above everyone else. Um, may I uh, obey your commandments. And may I remember to glorify you and say thanks. That's what hallowed be thy name means. All right. Uh, I want to quote Luther on this. Martin Luther, writing in the 1500s, said, Hallowed be thy name. What does this mean? To be sure, God's name is holy in itself, but we pray in this petition that it may also be holy for us. How is this done? When the word of God, the Bible, is taught clearly and purely, and we as children of God lead holy lives in accordance with it, what we just taught. Help us do this, dear Father in heaven. But whoever teaches and lives contrary to the word of God profanes the name of God. Preserve us from this, Heavenly Father. All right. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Last words are, thy kingdom come. Now, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, my guess is you mainly mean a future tense. Lord Jesus, come at the end of time. The second coming of Christ, when you come down in the clouds, you raise the dead, you judge the world, and then it's all over. Lord Jesus, thy kingdom come. Christians have been waiting for that day for 2,000 years. Speed it up is kind of the, is kind of the meaning. Uh, but there's, uh, there's two meanings in the phrase, thy kingdom come. The future tense, but there's also the present tense. Because Jesus said to the Pharisees, if by the Spirit of God I cast out demons among you, 
then the finger of God, the kingdom of God, has, has come upon you. So anytime somebody's healed or delivered or saved or brought to Christ, the kingdom of God has come present tense. So actually, when you pray, thy kingdom come, you're praying two things. Future tense, come at the end of time. And present tense, come right now and you be king over my life. Thy kingdom come right now. And you might want to stop and pray for a missionary. Lord, be with the Surstads in China, and may your kingdom come through them, and may many Chinese come to Christ. Because there's always a future and a present tense when you pray, thy kingdom come. All right. I want to close by giving you just a little piece of homework. Here's what I want to ask you to do for the next seven mornings. When you wake up, pray the Lord's Prayer, but kind of do it differently. Pray it slowly, like this. Our. God, thank you I'm part of the church. And, and Lord, if I'm not in a church, help me find a good Bible-preaching church. Our. The Lord's Prayer was designed to be prayed in public. Our Father. Thank you that I have a Father. So many people in the world don't know the true God. Thank you I have a loving Father who art in heaven. Thank you that you're up there and, and, and we're not you and you're not us. Thank you you're a holy God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May I read your word today and believe it. May I fear you. May I obey you. May I worship and, and remember to glorify you. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come right now through the missionaries on the planet, through me today, and what I do, but at the end of time, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then you stop on earth and just, just slowly pray each phrase of the Lord's Prayer and then be creative and stop after each, each phrase and get deep with the Lord. We will continue this in the next few programs and now we go to our question and answer time. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. These questions are from you who are watching the show, so at the end of the program when you see our website, if you've got a question you'd like Pastor Brock to answer on a future show, please log on and leave it for us and we'll take and answer it on another program. Pastor Brock, since we're talking about the Lord's Prayer. I do have one question about that. Why is it some churches end with thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever mm -hmm. and ever, amen, and other churches don't? Yeah. Was that something added on by yes. one denomination? Actually, if you go to a Catholic church, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. You go to a Protestant church, for thine is the kingdom, they add to that, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever, amen. On this one, the Catholics are right because the most reliable text of the Gospels have it stop after lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. And a very early edition was uh, for thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. Amen. So it goes way, way back. It's real early, but the earliest, most reliable texts don't have it. So where did that come from? It would have been an early, pro you know, very probably, I'm guessing, the Lord's Prayer was used in worship services in the ancient church. And probably because they like to worship, and they probably added that as a worship element, and it got somehow in the text. That's a possibility. So it's somebody came up with it and added it yes, on. Yes, probably so. Okay. Yep. All right, well, let's go to some of but, our lists. You know, Jackie, just so people understand, people have the misconception that the Bible was written hundreds of years after Christ, and things got changed. Not at all. Even pagan atheist scholars agree that, that study the issue. The New Testament was completed by 100 A.D. The last book of the Bible was Revelation, uh, probably about 90 A.D. So 
the latest book of the New Testament is probably within 60 years of the death of Christ. The earliest books are more like within 10 or 20. You know, James, I think, is one of the earliest books, for instance, Galatians. So uh, we have real reliable stuff. Now and then, there is a variant, what we just talked about, where one, one uh, manuscript says this and another one adds this. There's a whole science. So the science is pretty good, too. So there are a few variants like that, but very little, and none of them really uh, uh, um, uh, affect doctrine. Was it kind of a liturgy thing then? Because Probably. Because like the, the music for the Lord's Prayer has it with, for thine is the kingdom mm -hmm. and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Mm -hmm. And that's added on in the musical mm -hmm. version mm -hmm. when you buy the and music. And so maybe that was an ancient thing that happened where they would say the Lord's Prayer and then they would say or, or sing, for thine is the kingdom, power, and glory. We don't know. Well, and hasn't liturgy changed even within, say, the Lutheran Church's denomination, oh, yes. as you get different branches yeah. yes. of the Lutheran Church, yes. the liturgy changes? Right, but so. it's amazing. Within Catholicism, Episcopalianism, Lutheranism, the liturgy is, it, it does change, but overwhelmingly, it's also the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, the ancient church had confession, absolution, the Kyrie, you know, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, the doxology, you know. And so a lot of it is, is really old. Tradition. But we might change the tune and a okay. few of the words. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I know I was at a Catholic church, though, that I was surprised to hear the priest do the last part. So I think yes. even some of your Catholic right. churches you are embracing it. In fact, they'll sing it. I, yes. I, I was at a Catholic church where we said the Lord's Prayer and then they sang, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Pastor Brock, can we exhaust God's patience even if we're Christians? Does God ever say enough, enough, and then he spanks? That's kind of the question. Yeah, and the answer kind is of the feeling. The answer is yes. Here's where it comes from. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12. God disciplines, it says, those whom he loves. So let's say here's a child of God, a Christian, and they keep sinning, and they're not repenting, and they keep saying, sinning. God can step in and spank and bring something to happen to get that person to turn around. I'm also remembering the, the parable Jesus told in Luke 13 about this, this tree that wasn't bearing any fruit, and, and the guy's about to chop it down because it's no good, and then the servant says, well, let's put manure on it, wait a year, and if it still doesn't fruit, bear fruit, chop it down. And I think it's true, Lord uh, Jackie, it's happened to me, maybe it's happened to you, where the Lord sometimes brings something into our lives that makes us repent. <laughs> and so I think the answer is yes. So God is very patient. He's slow to anger, says the Bible. But sometimes for our own good, he steps in. As Christians, though, it's probably wrong of us to try God's patience. It's, it's a sin to try God's patience. And you're hurting yourself to try God's patience. Yeah. And if you know, because you're throwing yourself above God to test God. Right. Isn't that kind it's, of against? It, it's a sin. <laughs> All right. So we've been talking a little bit about heaven and that. Mm -hmm. What will we be doing in heaven? All right. You know, there's not a complete answer to that. Heaven will be glorious. It'll be wonderful. We know we'll be worshiping in heaven because maybe the best picture of heaven is the end of Revelation where we're all in heaven worshiping around the throne of the Lamb, you know. So we'll be worshiping there. Um, it does say in 2 Timothy 2, if we endure with Christ, we shall also reign with him. So there's a sense in which we will reign with Christ in heaven. Jesus said something similar in Matthew 19. He t said to the 12 apostles, you will sit on 12 thrones judging or ruling the 12 tribes of Israel, which may be 
a symbol for the new church, uh, you know, the, the believers. So will we be ruling and reigning in heaven with Christ? Uh, will we have jobs? Somebody asked, will I have a specific job in heaven? The answer to that is only the Lord knows. Who will, be, who will we be ruling and reigning if, uh, you know, if the earth is divided and it's heaven or hell? Yeah, I, we would be ruling and reigning in heaven not over people in hell, you know, but we would be, you know, maybe there's different levels. Is there going to be a hierarchy in May, You know, there, it, if you read 1 Corinthians 3, Paul talks about two different people on Judgment Day. Both of them are building a house. They both have the same foundation, which is Christ. But one man builds his house with wood, hay, stubble, junky stuff. The other man with uh, jewels and gold, etc. When Judgment Day comes, fire comes against each house to test the work. The man who built with junky stuff, it says, he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. In other words, his house burns down around him. He gets out of the house just in time. He goes into heaven because he has Christ as the foundation. He's saved, but he's, he goes into heaven smoking. <laughs> he smokes his way into heaven. The other guy, it says, the, the fire tests his house and it stands, and he goes into heaven with reward. So, Jackie, we're saved by grace alone. The only way we get into heaven is by grace, not by our good works. But... Once you're saved by grace, what you do will be rewarded in heaven. And those who truly live for Christ get rewards. Those who don't, they'll still be saved because they have Christ, but they go smoking in. <laughs> you know, people, I, I hear children say, well, will we be eating in heaven, you know, and will we um, visit with people? Will we, you know, go to church? They don't understand the mm -hmm. word worship in that. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think I heard... Uh, I heard somebody say to their uh, grandchild or something, you know, when you get to heaven, you get everything you want. You mean like ice cream? When you're in heaven, you get everything you want. He didn't explain, you're not going to want ice cream in heaven. Who, you know, you, you, when you have jewels, you don't want, you know, garbage. But, uh, you know, we'll know each other in heaven. It's, Jesus said, you will see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So people ask, will I know grandma in heaven? You will. If I'm going to know Abraham, who I've never lays eyes on, I'm going to know that's grandma. But... So we'll know our loved ones in heaven. We won't be married to our spouse in heaven. Jesus says there is no marriage in heaven because you don't need to populate heaven because nobody dies. So, you know. If you get to heaven and don't see someone that you know, mm -hmm. wouldn't that sadden you, though? Cause sadness. And, and there are no tears in heaven. He will wipe away every tear from our eye. Um, I don't know the answer to that, Jackie. Maybe God will help us so understand that it's right for people who have rejected Christ not to be there that that'll maybe help with some of the sorrow of it all. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we're at the end of our program, and we want to tell you, you heard Tom talking that we've expanded our ministry to five other states now, and we're praying about raising $150,000 to continue to do that. So at the end of the program, when you see our website, Please check us out and please pray for this ministry that if it is God's will, that money would come in for us to continue to further the kingdom of God through this ministry of this program. Thanks, and we pray that God would be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Pastor's Study. We ask... Would you pray for our ministry as we seek to spread the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ? And would you pray about supporting this ministry?
Our address is The Pastor Study, 5200 Emerson Avenue North, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55430. Our website is pastorstudy.org. And our phone number is 763-260-4484. May God richly bless you and join us next week at the same time as we study God's Word. Until then, may the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you. Thank you.